Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I'm so excited to have you join me on today's show where I have another fabulous guest who is going to add so much to your life. If you are a first-time listener, this is the show that will educate you, empower you, and entertain you a little bit because we like to have fun here and inspire you to live your most fearlessly authentic self and life because that is what we are here for. If we're not doing it, what the heck are we doing here? So I am just super excited because I love love. And I love to know that people are finding love. So today's guest is an expert in the field of dating, and she is a relationship expert and has over 15 years of experience in the field of helping people find love. So I am now going to introduce my wonderful guest today, Bella Gandhi, who, as I said, is a dating and relationship expert founder of Smart Dating Academy and has been featured on most national local media outlets, including Good Morning America, Steve Harvey, The Today Show, Kelly Clarkson, Access, ABC, NBC, Fox, and more. After she graduated with dual degrees in finance and German from the University of Illinois, Gandhi worked in mergers and acquisitions for Arthur Anderson in Chicago for a year before joining her family's chemicals manufacturing company, where she divided time between Chicago and Europe, helping to expand the business. When the Gandhi family sold its business to Fortune 500 company Axo Noble, she was asked to remain its leader and become Axo Noble Nonstick Coatings Global Vice President of Housewares. But even as she quickly climbed the local, the corporate ladder, Gandhi had a feeling that her career would one day be taking a sharp turn in a different direction because she discovered her love of matchmaking and providing dating advice. She launched her Smart Dating Academy in 2009. Smart Dating Academy has quickly become one of the nation's top coaching firms and teaches busy, successful professionals to jumpstart their dating lives successfully. Smart Dating Academy is described by its clients like going to Harvard Business School, but for dating and relationships. SDA's coaches become personal trainers for their clients' love lives, helping them to navigate the ever-changing world of online and in-person dating. The SDA coaching program is results-oriented and fun, which helps you to clarify who you are are right for. Stop old dating patterns and use technology the right way. Clients become positive and enthusiastic about dating and relationships again and find love. Bella attends more weddings than she can count and she loves love. Welcome to the show, Bella. I'm so excited to be here. It's such an honor. So sweet of you. It is an honor to have you on here. My goodness. Oh, I, that's you. very generous of you to say that. Oh, you just made my day. 
Oh, well, you know what? It's totally true. I've been looking forward to this all day. You're doing such great work from the heart and you're helping to inspire so many people that, you know what, there is great life, hot life at every age. So I am in for everything that is Jody Harrison Bauer. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you. And I have been so excited about this show today too, because everybody is looking to find love. At the end of the day, it's really what settles everybody's heart is knowing that there's somebody there that they can lean on, at least for me. And I think that that's universal that everybody wants to know that they've got that person and you talk about that and we're we're going to get to all of those things but i wanted to first have you explain to our listeners how you got into this whole finding love for other people and and helping people to date smarter Oh, wow. I feel like it's my mission. I feel like everybody was put on the earth for some reason. And mine is to put more love into the world. I think I started to see this when I was in college. I became the informal matchmaker. I started setting people up. They would get married. I put my own process together, which got me out of dating emotional avoidance and narcissists. So I identified my husband, started dating him after college. I taught all of my friends this process. So after my family and I had a business and we sold it, and then I ran the company that bought us for five years. When I left there, I had a five-year non-compete. And I thought, well, I've been thinking about this dating and relationship thing forever, but I was scared. I didn't Mm. know is this a thing? Could I actually help people systematically? And so in 2009, I kind of put my big girl pants on and said, it's okay if it doesn't work, it'll be a great story for your grandkids someday. And I started the business in 2009 and built a process around, I knew I had the gut to help people Mm -hmm. find the lid to their pot, but then I started to systematize it. So now we have our own little algorithm that helps people to identify partners that actually make them happy. And we have a different process to do that. And it's different for every person. And then we help them to identify red flags. And the process has worked. We're like personal trainers for your love life. And we've had divorces in 15 years. And that's what we're really proud of. Not that every client wants to get married, but of the ones that have gotten married, they've all stayed together, which is great. That's unbelievable that you can say that. Because what is the divorce rate these days? 40 to 50% Jody of first marriages end in divorce. When people get on the horse and try it again, 67% of second marriages end in divorce, 74% of third marriages. So it just, we're never taught how to do this, right? Mm -hmm. And you can say we're born to love and to be loved. And yet, We think it should be inherent, but it's not because there's so many things that have profound influences on us, our families of origin, social media, the media evolution, right? And we don't always do the right thing for us, let's just say. No, we don't. We think about that other things. And that's really what at the core is what you're teaching people. But I want to go back to when you were in college for a second. How did you, how are you able to, between the ages of, let's say, 18 and 22 years old, when you're in college, figure out 
what was a red flag already? How did you know? Do you think you just had a gift for identifying those things? I dated a lot of red flags. So I was like, wait a second. And so many, it's such a good question. I came out of a high school relationship with a great guy, but I was like, oh, he's really nice and he's really cute. And like, but you know, I want the whole experience. I want to be swept off my feet. I want butterflies. I want to feel like I'm floating on air. Right. And me too. <laughs> and I dated that guy. And I was like, wow, I had the butterflies. I had the grandiose gestures. I felt like I was walking on air until four months into the relationship. And then mm. I was the coolest girlfriend in the world until yesterday. But today I got annoying. I'm like, and I felt like, like I had been unmoored. Like what just happened? And so I thought about this relationship for so long. And as I got older and wiser and started to do my research, especially after starting Smart Dating Academy, I started to realize that people that don't have robust attachment systems at four months can just start to pull away because after the elevated hormones of estrogen, oxytocin, vasopressin, all of these things that make us feel madly in love, crazily in love on top of the world, when they start to fade for people that don't have the capacity to be in a really secure, intimate relationship, they're like, meh, I got to go. And you're like, wait, what the hell was that? And so now I understand that. And I always say, if somebody's behavior starts to change after four months of exclusivity, you might not be dealing with somebody who's really good for you. And But we don't know this stuff. The education isn't there, right? So what we're doing in our practice is helping people to develop this dating funnel, realize who for women, we call them high GHQ guys, high and good husband qualities. So who your high GHQ guy is, what the red flags are. And we are literally watching them week over week, making sure that we're not ignoring red flags, that we're not being love bombed, that we're not not getting into something too quickly because at that point when we settle into something so fast we put blinders on and we stop looking for red flags because we only have yes. one and we yes. sweep them under the rug until the rug gets too puffy and we trip over the rug yes but do we start seeing those usually after four months because i've dated a lot too i mean i'm now married my second marriage I was married for 17 years. I've been married four and a half years now, but there was like 16 years of dating in between there of every Tom, Dick, and Harry size, age, mostly almost all younger men, except for my husband is older than me. Um, but how do you, do you wait to that four months? So if everything's great in four months, you see that red flag, what would you tell a client of yours to keep a, being aware of that? They're in the relationship. Are they still in touch with you after you? Okay. So My they see with me for a year. Okay. Minutes, so they, they see the red flag. They mentioned it to you. What, how do you alert them to be aware of what is going on in the relationship? Because I think, as you said, that's the hardest thing. And you don't reckon, you don't want to see them until you trip over them. That's such a great analogy. Yeah. And 
So if a client came to us, you know, we're watching that relationship. We are with them through their dating funnel while they're narrowing it down to one. And that's 15 to 20 dates with a person with no red flags before we're even agreeing to be exclusive. So now let's say we're in phase two. Oh, and wow. We're yeah. Wait, we have a wait, whole... wait. 15 to 20 dates until they're exclusive. Yes, ma'am. I love that. We're slow and steady. And people, our society is so fast forward. Like we want, it's like people listen to podcasts on 2X. I'm like, how the hell are you picking anything up on 2X? You're not. You think you are, but you're not. When you're dating in 2X, you think you're looking at the red flags, but you're not. You're missing Mm. so much of the road. It's like driving a car at 95 miles an hour. You're not able to see all the scenery. It just looks like a blur. And when you're dating that fast, that's what happens. So we slow things down. The dates are short and sweet. Wow. Yeah. And so we're pacing it and you've got multiple people in your funnel, right? It's like asset diversification. I'm a finance person by education. So we've got a diversified dating asset base here. And we're making sure that these people are all doing well. And if they show red flags, we kick them out. If there's not chemistry and there's all green flags, like keep dating them. Chemistry can kick over the line. You never know. That's why it's called Smart Dating Academy, because this is very, very smart. But how do you take the emotion out of it? I'm thinking of myself, of course, because I can't think of anybody else I know except for my daughter's dating. But, you know, in my dating life, I mean, it did take me a long time to become exclusive with somebody kind of sort of. But how if they really dig that person? How do you pull them back from spending all that time with that person when they're like, Bella, no, I really like him. What do you, how do you coach them like that? It's education. We educate mm. them before they get into the arena. We're not going to let you go on five dates in a week with Tom, right? Even though Tom looks great. You know what? Tom can wait till next week because I want you to have two other guys right now on your bench. And so they like the whole process because it makes a lot more sense. And it slows things down and you become a more educated dating consumer. (laughs) I, you know, I think we talked about this when we first chatted on the phone. Um, I loved dating. And I think you said you liked dating too, right? Totally. It was so much fun. um, But maybe I didn't at the time, didn't have a goal. Does it ever get tiring for your clients? Or what do you suggest for the ones who don't want to put in the effort. You tell them up front, this is going to take effort. This is like a part-time job. It might be like your full-time job. If this is what's important to you. I don't want dating to ever feel like anybody's full-time job. So we have it broken down by the process. So once we quote unquote, get somebody, let's say launched on an app, for example, I want you to spend 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening. And it's like no different than how you would put physical fitness into your life. You don't want to be at the gym for 12 hours a day, right? Right. At a certain point, there's an inflection point where it's not really going to help you at a certain point. So you want to maximize and there's no more, no, no need to put in more than 30 Otherwise minutes. you, you burn out, you burn out. And then I have to put you in what I call dating detox. And so I don't want anybody 
to get into dating detox. So it's just little snippets a day. It's like if you can't go to the gym, at least park in the farthest spot in the parking lot, get some steps, maybe take the steps to your office. That's the same thing with dating. Give it 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening. I don't want this to be your full-time job. I want you to be gainfully employed. I want you to have a diversified life. Spend time with your friends, work Mm. out all of those things that make you happy because a happy person is more attractive. Right. And they need to have that balance. It can't be all about dating. It's just, it can't be just like, it can't be when I'm training people. It can't be, you must, as you just said, you can't spend three, four hours at the gym every day because you're going to burn out and do it every day. It, it just won't work. And then it's not fun. And then you're not happy when you're going to the gym. And I, I get that. So explain to us how you onboard somebody, somebody reaches out to you, Can you take us through that whole process, if that makes sense to you, to explain that to everybody at home? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like, I mean, and and using the trainer analogy is a good one, right? Because I can kind of give you the top level things that we do, because it's going to be different based on if somebody, you know, is coming in and they're 28 years old and they want to get married and have kids versus somebody who's like, you know what, Uh, marriage and kids kind of like, we're good. I just want the lid to my pot. So typically our process starts. I love that. (laughs) Oh my God, you're so cute. I cannot stand this. I love that. The lid to my pot. A pot is complete, right? And you are complete on your own and super functional, right? But a lid is just the perfect accoutrement to the pot, but the pot functions without the lid. You don't need a lid to complete you. Yes. Okay. I won't interrupt again. Go ahead. No, please do. I love it. You're you're the best. Um, we have our clients fill out a real an extensive dossier of questionnaires, starting from family of origin, what they saw at home, um, all of their all of your significant relationships, what worked, what didn't work, what was their responsibility, what was yours. And then through that constellation of data points, my team and I kind of huddle together. We know kind of what is going to be good for this person, what red flags they might be prone to. Then our first meeting is called the jumpstart. It's three hours. It's amazing, life-changing, transformative. Like people like three hours. Oh my God, what are we going to do? I'm like, it's going to feel like five minutes when we're done. And people are crying and happy because we've put together an entirely new rubric, Jody, of Mm -hmm. who the love of your life is going to be. And then we teach you all about the red flags. We have them phased out in three phases. Phase one is date zero, just corresponding back and forth on the apps. What are the red flags that people throw down? Then it's dates one through date 10, and then beyond date 10. So the red flags are all coursed out. We're nerdy. I mean, look, when you take a person who was in finance and turn them into a bright a date a date coaching company we i have graphs for what relationship trajectories look like that are healthy unhealthy so we're really teaching people a model that works 
for them, how to pace things, why, who's in, who's out. And it's really, it's magical how to, how to do well with video dating, how to answer the hard questions like, wow, why did you get divorced? Why were you never married? Why have you been divorced three times? Like, what are the hard questions to ask? And how do you answer those? So you don't red flag yourself. How do you ace video dates? Never, ever go on a date with someone unless you video dated them. There's no reason. My job as their dating coach is to protect your time and your energy so that because dating is a marathon, it's not a sprint. You're not going to agree to go have dinner with Joe Schmo because he's got five good photos and 200 words and you've texted back and forth. Put Joe Schmo on a video date because that's where you're going to see was that photo 30 pounds ago or five teeth ago or whatever it was. But that's when that person comes to life. And 15 to 20 minutes will tell you everything you need. Okay. So you're suggesting I'm, I'm thinking of my, my daughter right now, who's 30 years old. Do you, and she's on a few apps. So does she request that they get on zoom or FaceTime first? Well, all the apps, Jody have video built in now. Oh, so you well, don't I didn't even know have. That. Yeah, you can literally click a button on match and be on a video call with somebody. Don't ambush video call someone. Like schedule it so you can right. judge up right. and and then do your video, right? So, but you can see right now, you and I are on a video chat. If we were just doing audio, you would say, oh, this is fun. But now that we're on video, you could be like, oh my God, I really want to meet her. Like that we've chemistry and oh, this is just so fun because video brings what was two dimensions into three dimensions. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. So they do, so what happens? You, you, get somebody, you you have them go through the three hour, they fill out yeah. all this information and then you're there with them for how long? You said a year or it depends on what they've signed up for. It depends on what they've signed up for. We typically do three months or six months or 12 months, but I would say 95% of our clients do 12 months. But after the jumpstart, then we have a photo studio in Chicago Everybody, whether you're coming from Manhattan or Manhattan Beach, California or Dallas, everybody comes to Chicago to do our photo shoot because photos couldn't be more important. And all the research shows we don't have great photos of ourselves and we don't pick the best photos of of ourselves. So I have a makeup artist a studio. We help every client pick their outfits before they come here to best position yourself to Mm -hmm. maximize the quality of candidates you're going to get. So you do a photo shoot. I wrote a workbook during COVID that produces the perfect online profile. And so our clients write it using the workbook. We help to edit it. And then once you quote unquote, let's say launch on an app, then we're in your inboxes with you. We're not like, oh, put on some lipstick, have a good date. I'm like, okay, this dude has four red flags. This woman looks 50 shades of crazy. We're done. Let's get her out. We have dating. Wait, you're in cards. the inbox with oh, them? Oh, girl. We're oh my God, I love it. this. In, I've got a hundred people's logins on my screen for every site, every app for all of our clients. Oh, I would have loved this when I was single. Oh my God, this is, you're helping so many people. I can think of, a whole bunch of people right now who could use you. That, so what is the average age of a woman and a man that reach out to you? 
You know, it's funny. Today we onboarded a 26-year-old guy from Chicago who was in IT and his parents met someone I know at an event and they invested in us for a 20 their 26-year-old son and their 32-year-old daughter, right? So, but on average, we are more catering to people in their mid thirties to let's call it their seventies, just because we're more of an investment. But, you know, someday I hope that we can have more products rather than just one-on-one servicing that really kind of democratize the education that we have Mm -hmm. so we can make it accessible to more people. Because my goal full stop is to just put more love on the earth with more loving relationships to like increase the vibe of the whole earth. Why not? Let's go big or go home. Oh, and I believe that you're going to do it. You've been doing this for how how many years have you been doing? 15. Yeah. You're, you're still going strong here. You have so much more love to share and help people. I can, I can feel it. I can really feel it. I'm going to show you this. Like I get texts from clients. Hello, my beautiful friend sharing my third wedding anniversary with you. Oh, right. Could you just squeal with joy? You have waved your magic wand and the magic is still happening. Thank you. Right. I mean, like I I literally sometimes pinch myself. How did I get this job? Right. Yeah. So it's because, you know, you're helping people know what to look for. And when you, you know, you, being in the, a personal trainer, coaching people, I'm able to look at what they need from me. They might come in and say, I want to work my upper body. I'm like, no, you. we need to work your whole body. And then we need to do blah, 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 because I know what's best for them based on where they are in life and what they're telling me they need. Because most people don't know what they're looking for or don't know what they need, which is why they hire a coach. They hire an expert. And some people are resistant, right? Do you get people that totally want you? They throw your money, their money at you, but then they resist a little bit. What do you what do you do with people that resist once they're on board with you? I mean, we have some pretty candid conversations. Like, yeah. how can I be the best coach for you? Mm, you tell me what do you need (laughs) right and so you know because i coach people in a way that i would want to be coached okay if someone's not following a process it's like okay how can we make this better for you Mm. right because clearly you're resisting where is the resistance are we in fear are we in avoidance? What's yeah. going on? Why do you want to race off and do the same thing that you've done in your last four relationships? You want to do this again. Why are you resisting the right path? Mm-hmm. What in this, what's triggered inside of you where you want to go do the same thing again? Perfect. Perfect. All right. I want to ask you about dream guy, dream girl list and if I have this right, the elevator people in your life. Mm. So can we, I'd like to really talk about that in in detail. Yeah, this is such a special thing that we do with our clients and it really helps to suss out 
like the stuff that we want versus what we need, right? And we've had, and I really credit this to some extent for the fact that we don't have divorces. It's like when you start to look for and preference the right traits in a mate, a lot of the old BS goes out of the window. You know, I've done this exercise that you're you're talking about with thousands of women over the last 15 years. When I ask women this question, tell me about your dream guy. Do you know what the number one thing I've heard, the number one characteristic in the last 15 years on most women's dream list? Tall. That's what I hear Dream guy. Tall. Okay. Tall? What? Like everybody is the same height lying down. I get we want to feel small, right? And that's a big thing. And we're so triggered as women and we're just... I I could go on about that forever, but it's like, I want to feel small. I want to feel petite. I want to feel thin. So I want someone who's bigger than me. And I get that. But when you start to look at the data, I'm like, that's your number one thing on your list. How'd that work out for you for the last 30 years? Right. 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 Maybe we should be doing something different. So it's truly amazing. So that's the number one thing we hear on Dream Guyless. I said that in my TED talk two years ago, um, and it, the audience exploded laughing when I said tall. Like they couldn't believe it. And, and I de- a lot of times, you know, women will say ideally over six feet. And I love data. I'm like, do you know that only twelve percent of the U.S. population of men? is over six feet tall. That means if Jody, if you came to me and said, Bella, I'd really like someone who's six feet tall or over. I'm like, I want you to imagine a room of a hundred guys right now. Mm-hmm. And when you say over six feet tall, you've just told 88 of them to exit and only 12 of them are left. You haven't even talked about age, religion, ethnicity, education yet. That's what these parameters that online dating kind of puts on us, force us to do. It's called percentage multiplier. Every time you specify something, you've told all those other people to leave the room. And what are you left with? So people don't understand sometimes the math behind the choices that they're making. And I'm not here to say settle for something or, you know, if your religion is really important to you, you have to understand what your deal makers and deal breakers truly are and then get flexible on the rest and know that it's exciting. Love will come to you in an unexpected package. It really does. It always does. And, you know, it's funny because height was never a thing for me because I'm only five feet tall. So I, you know, 5'10 was usually a good height for me. But it's funny in watching, um, I did a podcast about the Golden Bachelor and I think he's pretty tall, but in, if you watch any of the old, the regular Bachelor and the regular Bachelorette, um, I've read that the Bachelorettes always ask for the men to be tall. Always. So always, they're always tall and they're always these little petite girls with these guys. I mean, the last one was like, you know, maybe was all of like 80 pounds and she is engaged to a six foot seven guy. And yeah. It just can't be all that. So after that, okay, so that's their dream guy. That's the number one dream guy quality that a woman is looking for. And they've got 50 other things on that list. 50 others that I'm sure you're used to seeing all the time, right? 
a hundred every day we do this. You know, we did it with this guy today that we onboarded, right? And we do this for men and women. Doesn't matter what ethnicity, if you're gay, straight, bi, nothing. It it love is love. So our process is the same. And then the second step is we help people through our process. It's hard for people to do this on their own. So we really we do it with them and thinking about the people in your life that make you really, really happy and why they make you happy. And then we bang down on that and then we come up with a theme. And so basically we want our clients to look for elevator people ultimately that have no red flags that they want to sleep with eventually. So that's like the Holy Trinity. And I know that sounds simple, but it's hard to do in practice to find somebody that has all of the qualities of your favorite people, no red flags that you're attracted to. And that's why this process takes a long time. And people that might seem, you know, this is like dating is a horse race. It's like the horse that looks like it's going to win the derby on the first lap might break its leg on the second lap, right? And be taken out of the race. So you never know who's going to win you, right? And you are the prize. So the the one who sometimes looks the best in the very beginning isn't going to stand the test of red flags. So you talk about that in your TED Talk, and I loved that TED Talk. Can you get into more detail about the, you know, in the qualities that you love or admire in other people? Can you give us some examples of what you would like them to think about? Because it's probably really hard to sit back and reflect, well, what, if I had to pick the people that I love the most or admire the most, these are the qualities. So how do you get them to that level? Right. We literally, I mean, we're going through this and this is all part of this three hour jumpstart session and really thinking about the people in their lives that make them happiest. Right. You know, I could ask you, Jody, who are your elevator people, the people that make you happiest? Think about who they are and think about why they make you happy. This isn't your best friend, Samantha, because she's gorgeous and adventurous and always up for something fun. And, you know, she's got the best shoes. That's great about Samantha, but that doesn't talk about what she gives you in your relationship. So it's kind of this complex thing, this exercise that we do with our clients. And then we look for this theme together. And then that becomes the the focal point, these elevator people and looking for the common theme. You know, I tell them, I want you to define the people in your life that make you happiest. We're going to look for why they make you happy. And when you're dating, I want your partner to make you one thing, happy. So why wouldn't we look at the people in your life that make you happiest? It's like nobody's connecting these dots. And so it's like, oh, shit, that's amazing. Sorry. I don't know if you can swear on your show. Yes, you can. (laughs) And so so that's, you know, it's like a trick, not trick, right? It's like, think about this logically. And why wouldn't you want someone that made you feel happy, right? And think about it, you know, that maybe is your cheerleader or supportive and everybody's lists are, you know, different, but it's really, it's about that consistency and that thought and dating deliberately and consciously, because here's the insidious thing. People will be like, oh my God, I was married to a narcissist and then another one. And I could write a book on narcissists. I'm like, yeah, right. But you know what? When you get back into the arena, 
you do the same thing all over again. It's like when people are, this is a terrible analogy, but it's like people that are, you know, in recovery for alcohol, right? And it's like, okay, it's great. And you can go through all the steps, but what happens when you step foot into a bar, right? Don't step foot into a bar, basically. It's Or have someone with you that's going to be like, and now we're done. And now we're leaving. You've had go. your Diet Coke. It's time to go. And ultimately, that's what we're doing for people. I don't care how many relationship books you've read, how many books on narcissism you've read. If you feel like you've been love bombed and had every red flag, when I put you back out there, you're going to do the same thing again because human beings are creatures of habit. It's we do so what's true. comfortable versus what's right. Right. It's going into that also that discomfort because when we feel uncomfortable, that's where the growth takes place. But it's very uncomfortable. It's that messy middle that it sounds like that's where your expertise comes in is that messy middle that everybody wants to ignore. Oh, I got this. Oh, I know this. But it would be so reassuring to know that they've got somebody like you coaching them that's not going to let them fail again if they put in the work, right? It's like with anything that we do in life, if we put in the effort and we've got the right teachers and coaches and experts in our corner, we're going to succeed if we do what they say we're going to do. I used to say to my clients all the time, if you listen to what I tell you to do, you will reach your goals. Now, you know, not all of them did, but the ones that did, they won their fitness shows. They got married. They got a new job because they felt better in their bodies, right? Mm, I wish I lived by you. I'd be in your studio training with you every day if you would let me. Oh my God. We would have so much fun. Oh my gosh. You are hashtag goals. I told you Thank that you. when we first met. You are so, well, so are you. I mean, what you're doing right now is incredible. So, you know, I, I've, heard other dating coaches who are not like you, but you know, you go through TikTok, you go through Instagram, you see young, older, all different ages talking about dating. And some people want to say, this is how you should dress, wear your hair. Um, you need to be fit uh, if you want to find this kind of man. What Do you help people... Um, you know, get the right grooming or maybe suggest that they they see a trainer. I mean, how do you, how do you deal with those types of things, the physicality, but also it's health-wise, you know, when I'm talking about fitness, it's it's just it's inside and outside, but maybe you think that, you know, Lisa should change her hair from pink to her brown hair. I don't know. I'm just throwing these things out. What do you what do you suggest? Yeah, I mean, I think I will always give people recommendations and mm -hmm. guidance. Ultimately, it's up to them to take that, right? Because I have opinions on everything. <laughs> and so ultimately, but I can't, it doesn't serve anybody well to take advice where you feel inauthentic. Mm. Right. 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 And so I had a client who came to me and she had, you know, whitish white hair. Right. And women are, and she's like, all my girlfriends are like, oh my God, your hair is so amazing. She says, what do you think about it for online dating? I'm like, look, I've seen it. If you color your hair, it will make you look younger. You're going to get more people into your funnel. But if you don't want to do that, 
That's also fine. Be yourself. My job is to tell you how to maximize your chances. It is not to make you become some drone of who you are or you aren't. That's not what I want to do. And some people are like, okay, if you tell me I'm going to get better results by growing my hair up or coloring my hair away from silver to brown, I'm going to do that. And I love that. I want feedback. And others are like, this is me. I've got a purple streak in my gray hair. Take me as I am. I'm like, giddy up. Let's go. Right. Right. Let's do it. it. You be you, boo. Right. And in being a better communicator, let's just say they're doing online dating. How do you help people communicate better? Because I, I remember back in the day, you know, you want to be cool with your responses. You want to be, um, you know, let them know you're interested if you're interested in, but not too interested and be, be flirty, right? How do you, how do you help people communicate better? Because some people have a sense of humor. Some people are more serious. For me, I was more serious, but I was trying to be like light and cute and flirty. How do you, how, yeah. How do you help people can, as I'm stumbling over my words, with you? ask how you that- the questions. How did that work for you? It sounds like you were saying, I'm more serious, but I tried to be flirty. Was that hard? No, it was really easy for me. Right. And um, and then I found myself being like, the deep Jody, the person that's way deep inside of me, I'm very serious about everything that I do. I am not lighthearted at all, but I can be. So in those situations, I was... And, you know, it, it, once you get to know me, you knew that I took things seriously, but I'm not boring. So um, it was fun. I, I loved being like that. You sort of can be like anybody you want to be. And that's what oh. I think is cool. That's what I think is cool about dating. Think about yourselves as diamonds with many facets. Right. Right. And people have many facets. And I can be one person when I'm hanging out with my mom. I'm going to be a different person, a different version of me when I'm with my husband or when I'm hanging out with my daughter or when I'm hanging out with business associates. We all have different facets that we adjust a little bit, right? We are who we are at our core and it's okay to have those facets. I'm going to be a different person when I'm, you know, driving my company versus when I'm chatting with my best friend, or maybe I'm on a date, right? And so that you just, you have to be attuned to what feels good to you, but you want to make sure when you are going on these dates that you are the easy breezy version of yourself. Yeah, I'm the CEO I, at home. I'm glad that you said that because I remember a million years ago. Oh, this is like when I was getting divorced back in 2002, and Tony Robbins and I bought his CDs. Okay, we're talking. Love, yeah. Love. I I couldn't sleep. I'd wake up and I would see Tony Robbins at two o'clock in the morning, right. and I'm like, you know, QVC. that's what you buy. Right, QVC, you buy. And I remember this one particular part about relationships. And it said, you relate to people differently, which is exactly what you're saying, different facets of your personality. I remember thinking that was so poignant. And I remember thinking, I do relate to different people as do other people relate, you know, just as you said. And I guess that's okay, as long as we're still being ourselves. And I think some people get stuck thinking they need to be the same 
person all the time, whether they're with their friends, in business, on a date, and so on. Yes. And it's okay. You're going to be different. And I tell my clients, I want dating you to be different than work you, Mm. right? I want you to be what I call socially generous, right? Mm. Work on how do you present? Do you smile when you talk? Are you looking in people's eyes? Are you genuinely curious about people? Are you listening to understand? People can give you so many gems when you ask them a question. And if you're truly listening to understand what lights them up, what they're passionate about, I would say, imagine them handing you gems. That was a sapphire. That was a diamond. Now you put those in your little pouch so that you can bring those gems back up when you need them, right? And this is how things become fun and they become easy. You don't want the date to feel like a frigging deposition. You want it to feel natural. Yes. And I've heard that, that sometimes it becomes like an interview. And I think that's, that's tough. When, do you have any rules? You hear about all these rules out there in the dating world, on social media, the rules, the first date, after they've done the videos and everything else that you've suggested they do, they go on a date. Do you suggest that they go Dutch? What is, do you have rules about who pays and so on, who picks the restaurant or the bar or whatever they do on the first date? You know, I think I just say, keep it easy. If a guy asks, Hey, where would you like to go? Have two answers, right? Because ultimately (laughs) men have been burned when women are like you pick. And then the guy will pick and they're like, ew, how would he think to take me to this spot? But he's a guy, right? He's like, you told me to pick my favorite spot. It's a dive bar around the corner. Like they're <laughs> literal, right? So so I don't have rules about that. Like make it easy, be thoughtful to each other. And with regards to payment, mm. I tell women always offer to split the check, right? right? Always. It will always earn you points. And I tell the guys that we coach, listen, we're wired in a way where it makes us feel like you care, you like us, you could provide. It's a visceral instinct. Take her to a place that it's not going to kill you to pay for it. So when she asks you, do you want to split that? Just say, I would love to get this. Right. Right. And so I tell women, if he lets you split it, it's no big deal. If you went out to coffee with me, you'd be like, let's split that. If you went out to dinner with your girlfriends, why are we putting these antiquated rules on something today where we are 21st century men and women? Agree. Agree. You're, yes. Okay. What is the dating landscape like for the 30-year-old, 40-year-old, 50, 60, 70? And do you see an increase in singles over 70. So the dating landscape is great at all ages. So the census data shows that there's 118 million unmarried single Americans in this country, and that's 48% of the population. So yes, I said that's almost half. So if you feel like you're the last single person out there, you are not. There are 35 million singles over 50 number. Okay. So now if you look at that, if you look at the numbers, I know I get quantitative quickly. If you look, there's 118 million singles. If you strip out 18 to 28, right? Your singles over 50 are more than a third of singles that are out there. So yes, we are taking care of ourselves 
in better ways. There are people are single at older ages and there's a robust dating pool at any age. The most important thing I can tell you, no matter what age you are listening to this, is if your mindset is one of hope and optimism, you are going to see so many amazing people. And mm. if your mindset is negative and gloom and doom, then you're not going to see anybody. And it's just, it's like if I asked you to walk into a party and I said, Jody, look for the people that are wearing red. And you would tell me, okay, there's 10 people wearing red. If I said, how many people were wearing green? You're like, well, I don't know. You told me to look for the people wearing red. This is exactly what happens when we're online. If we're looking at it in a good mood, we're excited, we're hopeful, we're jazzed up. We see a lot of the great people on there. I get in clients' inboxes during sessions. They're like, oh, everyone's horrible. And I'm like, okay, let me log in. And I'm look, I'm like, are you looking at the same inbox I am? What do you mean? Like, look at these guys. This He looks great. Oh my God, you're right. I don't know how I missed him. I'm like, I do. You were in a gloom and doom mode and you missed it. And this is how we've been so successful with people is we know these are the little pitfalls they fall into. So we're in there cleaning up, sweeping up, going, ah, before you delete somebody, I want to see who it is. Every love story I can tell you that we've authored, which is a hell of a lot of them are like, oh my God, Bella made me message this guy because she liked his smile. Lindsay said she thought that he had a great tone or I would have deleted this guy. And now they're married. Wow. Wow. This is such a great service. Wow. Everybody who's listening, who's single or soon to be single needs to work with you. You, this is amazing. This is really amazing. And for everybody also listening, this is not, you're not a matchmaker. You're helping people date. Cause I think sometimes that gets a little confusing, right? 100%. I'm like the equivalent to you in your training practice, right? It's like, okay, let's look at each person, look at what they say their goals are. Like, right, I just want to work on my arms. You're like, "Mm, you need to work on more than your arms. To get to your arms, we've got to get your core and your legs and your glutes and everything's got to, everything works together. And then we've got to look at your diet. We're very similar to that. So yes, we are not matchmakers. We're doing something far more effective than matchmaking. A matchmaker, Tinder's a freaking matchmaker. Bumble's a matchmaker, right? You can pay a matchmaker $200,000 and they might have someone in their database for you or they're going to go to Tinder to find someone for you, right? Right. And at that point, they're not helping you vet for red flags and green flags and telling you this is a good bet for you and how are you showing up? And what are the questions you should ask? Because our business aligns 100% with the interests of our clients. Mm. Um, Could you share the story about... And let me about the woman who was looking for a tall man. Do you remember you told me this story and then she ended up with a man that she never thought she was in her late thirties without giving her name or anything? You know who I'm talking I'm about? Trying, I, there's so many. I'm trying to think of which story. I Har- she told went to Harvard. And she Harvard. wanted a tall, oh, oh yeah. Okay, she lives in New York City. And I told this story so many times. I, I called my daughters up right away and I was like, you have to hear this story. Oh my gosh. She's a therapist in private practice in New York City who came to me via referral 
10 years ago. In fact, I just saw her on Facebook and her kid is like eight years old. I couldn't believe it. I'm so excited for her. But she said up until the age of 30, she's like, and her family is a fairly devout Jewish family. They're like, you got to marry a Jewish guy. She's like, then I get to 30 and they're like, geez, just marry anybody at this point. So she's like, I like me. That sounds like me with my daughter. Right. She's like, I wanted the tall Harvard educated Jewish guy. Great. Tried that. That didn't work. Then I started dating willy nilly all over the place. But then when we started working together, right. And tall was a thing for her and she was five, five. I'm like, okay, well, let's kind of see how it goes. But And so I gave her the data about guys that are six feet tall. And she's like, you know what? I'm actually kind of open to this. Let's see what happens. And so she meets her husband organically at a Super Bowl party. And she said, I keep looking at our list that we made together. And this guy, Dan, Belly, he is not my type but I think he's high GHQ. He meets all my parameters. I can't stop thinking about him. I'm like, okay, that's great. Let's just try a date and then a second date and a third date. So finally he earned her over three months and me, we got exclusive and she was 39 years old. And she was like, I am on a mission to get married and have kids. And she was very, I'm like, let's be upfront about that. So he said to her, listen, we're exclusive. I don't want to talk about marriage and kids for the rest of this relationship. I will tell you that in six months, if our relationship is as good as it is today, you will have your ring. So she calls me. She's like, is he BSing me? Do I need to do more due diligence? I'm like, no, I'm going to watch this with you. I know what I know how we want this to progress. Jody, six months later, and I was, you know, I had sort of forgotten about it on a Saturday night at 11 o'clock my text goes off. And I was like, wow, who's texting me? My kids were little. I get a picture of a ring on my cell phone, an engagement ring. And I open it and it's from her. She's like, six months to our date of exclusivity, I got my ring. They are still together. They got married five months later. She started trying to get pregnant. The day they got engaged, she got married five months pregnant. It was a miracle. Wow. How did you feel? Did you feel that that moved a little too fast for you or were you okay with it? You know what? I was okay with it because Mm -hmm. I was watching her relationship and I didn't even have any coaches. It was just me at that time. And I'm so invested in people at this point. I was literally texting her every day, talking to her, like really, really, you know, was along with her for the journey. It's like I ran the 26 miles with her. essentially. And so over that course, I'm not able to do that to that level at this point. Now we have a team and it's awesome and we're, our systems are better. So we're more efficient, but it was amazing. But yeah, six months. So they dated, then they got exclusive. Okay. So that was another three months. Then they dated for another six months. So their time to know each other was about a year expedited. Yes. But you know, at a certain point when you have a system and you know how things work after six months of exclusivity, we're asking the right questions. We're talking about religion, aging parents, money. Where do you want to live? How you, you get that stuff, right? 
you're going to have less friction long-term. But most people don't know to ask for that. They're like, it's chemistry. Everything's great. The sex is amazing. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And this is how we throw caution to the wind. And then suddenly we're like left holding the bag going, oh my God, why didn't I ask about this and this and this? And how did I not see this? It's like, because you went in eyes wide shut. Right. Do you believe that one person can give you everything you need in a marriage? I believe that the core of a great marriage should be a very deep friendship. And so I believe that your partner should be your best friend or one of your best friends. So now to answer your question directly, does this person need to be everything to you? No, it's impossible. You might love the ballet and he doesn't. Have your ballet friends. You don't need to convert him to a ballet-aholic, right? He might want to watch football on Sundays and you could care less. Go to the gym on Sundays. You are not looking for a mirror image of yourself. And common interests sometimes make things easier. I don't really care about common interests. My parents have been married for 53 years. My mom goes on travel groups by herself with single people and couples because my dad doesn't want to travel and now can't travel. That's so nice. I, 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 I think, you know, when I was younger, I thought that my partner needed to be everything. That's why I'm asking you that. And then as I've matured, I realized that no, they, it's not that they can't, it's just that you can't expect them to be everything that you need out of one. That's a lot of pressure to put on them. And then the expectations for you, you might be disappointed. There needs to be, I think, that independence or accepting, yes, you like football, I like the ballet. You go watch football with your friends, I'm going to the ballet or I'm going to travel. And, and having that openness and that respect for what each other loves and likes to do. I think that's really important because if you think about your best friend, you do want them to do what they're happy and you want to be a part of their life. Yes, exactly. And most likely you've got a couple of different best friends or close friends and they're you love them uniquely for different reasons. Right. 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 Another thing that I wanted to ask you was we talked about this um, peak dating season. It's right around the corner, isn't it? Yes. It starts December 26th. The busiest online dating day of the year is predicted to be Sunday, January 7th. And usually around 8.52 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is the busiest minute of the busiest day. I swear to God, it's so crazy. So I, you know, run the circuit of the New York talk shows around this time of year because everybody wants to talk about the dating Super Bowl. So get your photos in shape, get your profiles in shape, really have a plan and a strategy to take advantage of peak dating season because app memberships spike 50 to 80% during that time period. It's like gym memberships. Yes. It's new year, new me. Exactly. I know. I hate going to the gym in January. I'm like, oh my God, none of these people are going to be here come February 28th. Not one. Nope. You're bless their hearts, but you're making the job for the rest of us that go much harder. Right. Right. So December 26th, do you think that's because they've had time to think about, let's just say Christmas and they start thinking about the new year coming? 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, so Christmas too. is done. You know, the holidays have driven home. I really want a partner. I want the lid to my pot. Then we're making resolutions January 1st. So suddenly there's this, this siege of people that are getting online on that Sunday. And Sundays are usually the busiest days of the week on the app. So it's so interesting. My birthday is December 27th. Oh my gosh, no way. Yeah, busy time of year. No, it's it's a tough time of year to have a birthday because everybody's busy and then they're, you know. Oh my gosh. But I love it. I think it's a magical time of year. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be buzzing into New York the morning of the 27th and I leave on a 10 a.m. flight out. Oh, I might be in the city on the 26th. We'll be in touch. Oh um, my gosh, absolutely. Wow, I can't believe time is over already. We we. Sp- Bed through this whole thing. Are there any last words that you can leave our listeners with about any struggles they might be having in their dating life and what they can do to maybe change something? Like one quick tip if they're online dating. If you're online dating, you know what? I started a podcast two years ago. Check out the Smart Dating Academy podcast. If you're not ready to invest in a dating coach, there's 110 episodes on there, tons and tons of free information. Get yourself educated by people that are in the arena with people all the time. It's called the Smart Dating Academy podcast. You can get it everywhere. You get your podcast. Listen in. We've had great experts. I do solo episodes. I'm going to have Jody on my show, clearly. Um, and so definitely do that. But if you're having problems or if your picker is broken and you constantly pick the wrong people, think about getting some intervention because it's not a problem that's easily solved. It's a complex problem. And think about it this way, you guys, you are worth investing in yourself. And I grew up with a poster in my office called the 21 Rules for Success in Life that was authored by a guy named H. Jackson Brown. And I have it in my office today. My dad had it hanging up in our wood paneled family room in the suburbs. (laughs) And rule number one, Jody marry the right person. This one decision will determine 90% of your happiness or 90% of your misery. Oh, I just got chills. Bam. So you are worth investing in. This is think about what you need to do and get hopeful about your dating Mm. future. I believe I am the chief psychotic optimist at Smart Dating Academy. Love exists for every single person that wants it. And that includes you. And I want you to take my optimism and hope and I want you to drink it up, gulp it down with a straw, make a plan and do something different for your dating life to find love. God, I love you. Oh my goodness. I love you. You have given us so much to think about. Wow. Bella Gandhi, thank you so much from the Smart Dating Academy. Please give us all the links where we can find you. I know you mentioned your podcast. I'm going to leave all the links in the in the show notes. Oh, follow me at Smart Dating Academy on Instagram. I would love that. I We've focused on coaching. We haven't focused as much on social media. So follow us at Smart Dating Academy. Um, and, you know, we'll certainly, we post every day. We're here to help you in any way you need. Thank you so, so much. And everybody, thank you so much for listening. I am sure you've learned so much. And until next time, stay fearlessly authentic. Bye-bye, everyone. 
Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you. 